Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Shouts to the intro, Nate Dow getting us hype. Excited for the episode. It's another episode of Parker here. I am your host, Parker Haney. Thank you guys for tuning in the last couple of episodes. Um, things have been going well, I would say, uh, except for with any kind of prediction about any NFL football event. I would say things are going less than well. Um, in fact, I don't think I've got a single one right. I missed all my bets in the divisional round. And I gave you guys two guaranteed conference champion picks and a guaranteed Super Bowl pick. And then the Bengals lost, and that was also my Super Bowl pick, which means that obviously I missed them both. Listen, we're gonna we're just gonna start. Eagles, Niners. Not a lot to say. I mean, you were were looking at Kyle Juszczyk, uh two hundred and seventy pound fullback potentially switching his helmet so he can get the play calls from an offensive coordinator. I like Brock Purdy, for those of you that don't know, Brock Purdy hurts his hand, his arm. They're saying nerve damage. I saw some just barely that, that was saying potential UCL damage. Anyway, that was their starting quarterback. He was their third quarterback um, of the year. They started with Trey Lance. He went down with an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, he went down with an injury, was next up, and then Brock Purdy led them on the last little stretch and then through the playoffs. And then, yeah, he got hurt first or second drive, I think. Might have been their first drive. Um, And so Josh Johnson comes in, and he's, I mean, a quarterback that's played for 25 NFL teams. He's basically played for half the league at this point. Um and he came in, and, and it was fine. He, he You know, he had a first down throw, and they were like, all right, maybe Kyle Shanahan really is just a genius, and anybody can truly succeed in this offense. He goes down with a concussion. Uh, and so Brock Purdy comes back in, unable to throw the ball. They're not sure if he can even hold on to it. It looked to me like, I mean, obviously he was still receiving the snaps, right? But it looked to me like he was doing a lot of things with his left hand, handing it off, trying to pitch the ball. Seemed like it was mostly, you know, left-hand dominant. They had him throw a couple screens that were, I mean, you could tell he was just like basically just like tossing it out there with his palm is what it looked like. Anyway, I, I, I again, there's just not a lot to take away from this game. I think that the Eagles have had the easiest path to the Super Bowl. They played Daniel Jones, who everybody was really hyped on, and then they played Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. Like, I, I don't really know what else to say. The 49ers' defense was unbelievable. I mean, the fact that we were even thinking this could potentially be a game was because of how good the 49ers' defense was. I mean, I, I, I'm i not even really sure what else to say at this point. Um it's just unlucky. If you lose <laughs> if you lose three starting quarterbacks to essentially season ending injuries, I you know, just probably not your year. Um Yeah, I I don't know. I say we still hold off on Purdy a little bit. I feel I feel like everybody's like, Yeah, he's the starter, he's the starter, he's this, he's that. And, you know, if you want him to be the starter, that's fine. But let's see him do it for a year first. I don't know if I would be eager to trade away Trey Lance and get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they were trying to do that last year anyway. I just 
I don't know. I I want to see him do it for a little bit longer. Um, Bengals Chiefs. I, for some reason, was extremely invested in this game, and I really wanted the Bengals to win. That's really tough. You have that third and nine, okay? And you have the official that comes in from 50 yards away, blows the play dead, but then doesn't blow the play dead. You can see him blow his whistle, puts his hands up, waves his hands to get a stoppage, and the play doesn't stop. And then he just backs up. He just backs off. You heard Tony Romo say, like, well, he didn't want to, you know, he moves out of the way. He didn't want to get hit by the play. What are you talking about? There's a guy standing directly behind. There's a referee that stands directly behind the linebackers. What do you mean this guy didn't want to get hit by the play? If you wanted to stop the play, come in and stop the play. He literally lets the – he blows his whistle trying to get a stoppage and then just lets the play – he backs up and lets the play continue running. And then after the Chiefs don't get it, then he goes over to the head official and says, hey, uh, actually, there was – you know, so-and-so, we needed to stop it. I, I I don't even know. We didn't even, like, get a real explanation. So they do it again, and then after the most ridiculous, you know, replay mulligan down we've ever seen, they have the balls to call a pass interference on Eli Apple in a play where he got there dang near the same time as the ball did, and even with the contact, didn't actually turn the receiver with his hand on his hip. It's It, it was unbelievable. It gives them a first down, and then they get a stop anyway. But that's, that's not the point, right? Every, all of the momentum was with the Bengals at that moment. They got the stop. They were about to punt. They were going to be able to drive the ball down the field. I'm not saying they would have scored. But, man, after that redo third down mulligan, then the penalty, and then we stop them, now it just feels like, oh, this is – it just had a weird vibe to it. Everybody knew there was a weird vibe to it. It felt weird. Anywho, um, even with all of that, I am not saying that that was not a penalty as he's running out of bounds. What I am saying is go back and watch the play. There are two holdings – in the backfield, two linemen with arms up around the neck and shoulder pads of two defensive linemen for the Bengals, and they just they didn't throw either. As the play was happening, as the play was breaking down, I shouted out, holding right there, and then the play continues. He gets pushed out of bounds, and I said, but they're going to throw that one, and then they threw the flag. I, I Again, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty because it was. He was out of bounds. I still just hate that penalty. Like, I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes sold it a little bit. I just hate that penalty because I think Pat was going to fall down anyway because of his because of his ankle. But I just hate that. I don't know, right? That's the dip. Who is to tell if Patrick Mahomes was going to try and get another three yards or not? Osai is already committed to pushing him out of bounds just because you're they're close to field goal range, right? So you need every yard you can get. He's going to go and try and push him out of bounds. Anyway, so that happens. They get another 15-yarder, kick a field goal. There's three seconds left. The kick return doesn't work, whatever. I I don't know. I have more. I still have more thoughts on it. I just don't, I just don't think that a referee should ever be directly – 
able to decide the game. And I get it, right? If somebody fouls, the other team needs to be rewarded for the foul that was, you know, taken against them. But it just feels so wrong to have, to literally let the officials decide the game in that moment. Obviously, Bucker still could have missed the kick, could have been blocked, whatever. But you're, it's, it, he didn't make that kick. His game-winning field goal was not good by an extra 15 yards. So the officials literally decided that he was going to make that kick. And it, it just feels icky. Again, I'm not saying that it was the wrong call. I just don't, I just don't like the way that it played out. It sucked because it was a great game. And it just, it didn't feel right. Right, I'd rather have a, a, a deep ball 15 yards down the field to Travis Kelsey. Right, and, and to be fair, right, there would have still been eight seconds on the clock. So that's not to say they wouldn't have been able to run a play anyway and get an extra, you know, 10, 12 yards on, on a little stick route or whatever it may be, right? So I'm not even saying that. But just the way that it exactly played out just felt like the officials directly affected the outcome of the game and it just felt felt gross um this might I don't, I don't know if it's a hot take or not but and I don't know if it's the exact same feeling but it's not something that I want why are we so why are you know these television stations CBS Fox whatever it is why are they so good at not showing the injuries again and yet we're going to zoom in on a size face for I mean, it felt like a minute and a half just zooming in on this guy crying on the sideline. I mean, that makes me feel just as bad as watching a gruesome injury does. Sure, it's a little bit of a different, like, you know, type of feeling, but I still don't like the way it made me feel. Give the guy a freaking break. We don't need to, like, we don't need to see that. It, it is so sad. The guy just made a mistake that, uh, you know, is potentially career-changing. I mean, that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a penalty that's talked about for years and years, man. That's, I don't know. I, I felt really weird about it and just zoom in close up, see the tears streaming down his face. I just didn't, I didn't love that. All right, let's go. Let's do the Super Bowl. Got Chiefs Eagles. Also, I feel like I didn't really do a good job of talking about how awesome Patrick Mahomes was in that game because he was unbelievable. And you could tell he was – I mean, there would be throws, right, where he's making the throw and then he's bouncing on his left foot because he doesn't want to come down onto his right foot. I mean, the guy was the guy was incredible. He's an athlete. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's awesome. But, I, I, I mean, I talked about it last episode. Joe Burrow's right there with him. Like, I don't – I don't think there's that much difference. I Even if that game had gone to overtime, I wouldn't have been able to tell you one way or the other who was going to win that game. It felt like they were both playing really well. Joe Burrow obviously got sacked a ton. Um, Chris Jones finally had his coming out game. What an absolute beast Chris Jones is. Um, you know, to have that, to have the type of career that he's having and to not have a postseason sack and then you go into that game. Um, and, and you come down with two two sacks, one of them absolutely massive on a third down on their drive. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I I just felt like I didn't really give the Chiefs any any props, and that was a great win um, against a really tough Bengals team. Super Bowl, Chiefs, Eagles. Um, I want to go through something with you guys here. When was the last time? the Eagles played a real quarterback. 
Okay, let's look at it. Just barely, NFC Conference Championship game. They won 31-7. to Brock Purdy played two and a half snaps of real healthy football. And then they were potentially going against Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk at quarterback. Divisional round, 38-7. They played Daniel Jones. I get it. Daniel Jones had a really good year. He's still not one of the top eight quarterbacks, top ten quarterbacks potentially, depending on how you feel about, you know, Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then they played the Giants again, right? So they played the Giants back-to-back. They played the Giants in the final game of the year. Um, and the Giants had Davis Webb that, that started the game for them. So not a real quarterback. And they played the Saints the week before that. Lost to the Saints 20-10 to to Andy Dalton. Okay. Week before that was the last time I would say they played a quarterback who played well. They lost to the Cowboys 40-34. to But the Eagles had Gardner Minshew at quarterback. But Dak Prescott had a phenomenal game. 27-35 of for 347 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Okay. So that was December 24th, so two months ago. Then they played the Eagles, or excuse me, the Eagles then played the Bears. The Bears with Justin Fields and Nathan Nathan Peterman playing that game. They barely won 25-20. And then the Eagles again for the first time that year. They smacked them 48-22 against Daniel Jones. And they played the Titans with Ryan Tannehill injured slash Malik Willis. And then they played Aaron Rodgers. Clear back on November 27th, a 40-33 to win. And Aaron Rodgers got hurt in that game. And Jordan Love came in and played. They have not played a quarterback that is, that is considered a top quarterback in this league. The closest one is potentially the Jaguars on October 2nd (laughs) with Trevor Lawrence. You can say what you want about Dak Prescott, sure. Kyler Murray, he didn't have it. He was injured this year. Commanders, they almost lost to Jared Goff, 35-38 in the the season opener. They they have not played a top-tier quarterback, and now – you're, you're playing the best quarterback in the league, potentially one of the best quarterbacks the league has ever seen. I mean, I, I just, I don't know if the Eagles are, are ready for this. And, you know, you can even just, like I said, condense it to what we've seen the last three weeks. They played the 49ers today. Brock Purdy was hurt. Christian McCaffrey came in and essentially played quarterback for them. Divisional round, they played the Giants and, and a crappy Daniel Jones. And then week 18, they played the Giants with... Um, Davis Webb starting. That was clear back on January 8th. So it will have been a month before they had even played a decent quarterback in Andy Dalton, I guess. And again, people can say what they want about Daniel Jones, whatever. That game, that divisional round game was over halfway through the first quarter. So when was the last time they even played a meaningful game? 
They had the season locked up essentially in like week 14. The first time the Eagles played the Giants on December 11th was the last time they played a meaningful game. They won 48-22. Because even in the in the Cowboys game where they lost by six, that game didn't mean anything and Gardner Minshew was playing. So December 11th was the last time the Eagles have played a, a meaningful game. I just, I, I don't know if, if you can flip a switch like that and come on and, and have to go against Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team. I just don't know if you can. And again, I saw a tweet that, that was, to be fair, right? Like, that's exactly what we would expect a Super Bowl contender type of team to do. You blow out the teams that are worse than you. They won 38-7 and they won 31-7 against the 49ers. So, yeah, they are blowing out the teams that are lesser than them. But I just I, I think it's going to be a different beast coming in and playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes when you haven't played a good <laughs> when you haven't played a top tier quarterback all year long. I mean, it's just it's just silly. Um, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, also a stud for the Chiefs. I, I mean, he is the epitome of every time he touches the ball. It just seems like, you know a defender slept with his sister or something. The guy runs so mad. He runs so mad anytime he's touching the ball, and it's really, really impressive and hard to do, really, because to play with that type of intensity is something that we don't see a lot. Um, anyway, with all of that being said, I still I, I have the Chiefs 31-21 winning the Super Bowl. Um but again, the Eagles are still the Eagles. I don't think that we've seen all that Jalen Hurts has to offer because, again, he hasn't really had to. Against the Giants, that game was over early. Against the 49ers, that game was over essentially second quarter-ish, and he didn't even need to throw the ball. We haven't even seen them really try and use Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. They, they've kind of had to – they haven't had to show us a whole lot, so – I could be completely wrong, and the Eagles just have this insane package that we just haven't seen because we haven't had to see it yet. Um, but I think it's going to be tough um, trying to s- flip that switch of now you're playing Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's it's going to be a hard thing to do. But, yeah, I got 31-21 Chiefs coming out on top of the Eagles. I want to hit on something just real quick. Um Joel Embiid is unbelievable and deserves all the MVP votes. The guy is awesome. He deserves to be all pro. He deserves to be a, a NBA all-star starter. It is just silly what he has done and hasn't received the accolades for it. Um, obviously, there's the playoff struggles, but that's not what we're talking about. He receives. He needs to receive the accolades because he is – one of the most dominant players we've ever seen, especially for my generation where we didn't really get to see Shaq play. Joel Embiid is Shaq, but with finesse. If he wanted to, he could play exactly like Shaq. He could go bang, bang with anybody down low and dunk on their head, but he would rather, you know, have a little step back, have some jumpers in his game, use a finger roll every once in a while. He is unbelievable with, with the size and the grace and the skill and the touch that he plays with is is awesome. I'm also going to do a little bit of a jazz tidbit here uh, against my better judgment. For those of you who don't know, I'm not a big jazz guy. 
Uh, I get annoyed of everybody that talks about him. But if you, and I don't know if there are many like this, but I've seen a couple Twitter things that I am extremely surprised by. You guys aren't going to win anything. You're not even going to win a playoff series this year. Do not even say that you guys need to be buyers at this trade deadline. Sell everything. Keep Laurie Markin in if you want. That's fine. Keep Walker Kessler, obviously. Trade everything else and get as many picks as you can and tank as hard as you can because with the roster you have, even if you got four more decent players, you are not going to win anything. You're not even going to come out of the West. So sell, 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 and yeah, then you'll be fine. And then you can be happy watching your team lose by 30 points. And, uh, you know, you might have a shot at uh, the old Victor Webinyama. We'll, uh, we'll get into the NBA a little bit more heavily. Um, uh, my biggest reason is that I feel like I haven't been watching enough. I've been so locked in on football and whatnot. Um, so I, I want to get a little more locked into the NBA, watch some more games, do a little bit more research before I start, you know, spouting out about it like I know what's going on. Um, but once I do, we'll, we'll, we'll start having some guests on. We might talk a little bit of local stuff, some SU basketball as well, just because they're playing really well, one of the top teams in the WAC. Um, but, yeah, we'll have some guests on. We'll be moving into the NBA a little bit. We'll obviously do a Super Bowl recap, but probably next week's episode will be a, a little deeper dive into the NBA and what's been going on and, and some, some of the storylines in that sense. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, this has been another episode of Parker here. I appreciate you guys. Follow me on socials. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.